Welcome back to Bible study, Paul's letter to the Galatians. I'll be saying that too many more times. Um, we're, we're rattling through chapter six, which means we're near the end. Welcome back, John. Thank you. And Derek. <clears throat> and with no more ado, John, you're going to read. Yes, okay. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter six, and I'm going to read from verse 10 to verse 16. <clears throat> Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I've written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity uh, to spend time uh, reading your word, absorbing uh, what your word is saying to us today. And we pray, Lord, there will be a blessing from this um, short time together with all the folks who are watching um, uh, in their homes, from wherever they are, and also here in the studio. We pray that you will give us new insights and that we may be humbled uh, before the mighty hand of God. And we just thank you for your goodness to us, to our families, for the peace and the provision that we have uh, uh, in these days. And Lord, may we use um, every moment for your glory, for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Whose turn is it to kick off, John? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Obviously, it's my, it's my turn, Tim. Well, um, we finished off last week. You know, we were looking at sowing and reaping, but um, Paul sums it up here in verse 10, really saying, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. And that is everybody. But he says, he then puts an emphasis saying, um, uh, especially to those who are the household of faith, which is the church. Yeah. So the, the, the encouragement is to reach out to everybody where it's possible to do so. But um, you take, take a believer at the, express, uh, at, at the expense of an unbeliever, if there's a choice or if you can't do two things, the household of faith is more important. Yeah. Um, and that, this idea is picked up, isn't it, elsewhere, where Paul says, you know, the man who doesn't support his family is worse than an infidel. I can't remember where it is. It's in mm. Timothy somewhere, yeah, I think, so. isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, this idea of supporting your family, your immediate family, and then your wider family mm. in, in, in the terms of the family of God is absolutely fundamental, I think. So important, isn't it? Because there's so many sort of stories of missionaries who've done a great work and neglected their families. Yes. So they've done a great work, but there's no legacy within their own family for a good yeah. work to continue mm. into the next generation. So it's a real danger, isn't it? It is a huge danger. Yeah. And we whether whether it's 
you know, a sort of sequential when you said uh, um, first to your, to your family. I t the first thing is, I not the first thing, but especially to your family. Especially is a especially. better word, yes. To the household of faith. It's a higher priority. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Then verse 11 really yeah. is, the, is the conclusion of the whole letter right now. Yeah. And, and yeah. he marks that um, by saying, see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. Mm. So, so is it at that point or that he now starts to take it up as a sort of ha yes, handwritten? Well, it would, we, can, we know from other letters that his normal thing was that he would dictate to a, a scribe, mm. which was, a, an, an, a, if I can say it right, an amenuensis yeah. uh, who, would, who would take dictation. Yeah. But usually near the end, uh, usually it was just a, f a, a greeting at the end, perhaps. Yeah. Paul would actually take the pen and actually write it himself. And there's good reason for that. First of all, if you're doing a greeting, it's more personal yeah. if it's in your own hand. But also it's to authenticate the letter because there were forgeries of Paul's letters. Mm -hmm. We know that in 2 Thessalonians, for example, a letter that purported to be from, from Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2. Um, and so he would authenticate his letters by writing a portion in his own hand. Yeah. What seems to be interesting here is that this isn't just the final verse, it's like the final eight verses or something like that. So the whole conclusion, I think he's saying is so important. You know, he, he wants to write it in his own hands. So they, they get the point, you know, that, and by saying in large letters, that's kind of like us putting stuff in bold. You know, if we want to really emphasize, we put it in bold or we underline it. Yeah. It's the same idea. He's, not, he's writing it in large yeah. letters yeah. because he's really saying this final conclusion is important. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, so it's not a flippant thing. Oh, just look how large I'm writing the letter. It's, he's, every sort of verse counts with Paul. Well, so some does. would say, oh, what, what's how and, relevant? And, and this, this particular, I'm, I'm not going to say this is more important than any other epistle. But in one sense it is, because it lays out our relationship with God. Mm. And that there is no other relationship except one of, 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 of grace, yeah. of one of you know, undeserving, undeserved reception of the love of God. It, it, he just lays it out so clearly and there's no other way. We can't ingratiate ourselves yeah. to the Lord. We don't deserve it. It's a gift. And, mm. and, and Paul, I, I just sense that he's not going to let it go. He, I mean, he, even in these last verses, That's he's still point. proffering the same argument. That's it. He's, still, he's emphasizing the same point. It's all of grace and not of works. Yeah. And, and to emphasize it, I'm going to write it in my own hand, yeah. just in case you didn't pick up that point earlier on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. and, and, and basically, you know, he's handed the draft, he's accepted, you know, he's, yeah. he's read through what he's, the scribe has written, amenuensis, yeah. did you say? And then um, he thought, yeah, I'll put, I'll put a few. Yeah. I'll, I'll re-emphasize. Mm. But he's probably, it's literally fresh in his mind, yes. the reading of it would have script. been, wouldn't it? Yes, he'd and have been. And then he's taking. Right. Yeah. Are you looking for other examples of where Paul well, yeah, has used his own I don't hands? know if, yeah. if it's, it's worth just an interesting yeah, thing that fit. we don't normally observe, yeah, you know. But um, I'll give you a couple. Um, Romans 16, 22, for example. In this case, Tertius is the, the man. Yeah. And he says, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. 
Yeah. So Paul didn't personally write it. Yeah. This Tertius did it, and he's just adding his own greeting. You see, um, one Corinthians. Uh, sorry, I've got Colossians um, here. But let's just get on that. Uh, so in that Romans passage, we're saying that Tertius wrote down the whole of the letter. So he was yeah. the. He was the scribe. In that case, yes. Yeah. Um, Colossians uh, 4.18, um, it's just the last verse here. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. In other words, the rest of it was written by someone else. Yeah. Remember my chains. Mm. Grace be with you, amen. Is nice. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16, maybe, yeah. one yeah. there. Um, surprising how often this very comes up, actually. Yeah, very interesting. Um, verse 21, the salutation with my own hand, Paul's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he says, really important. And then I think this is Paul too. If anyone doesn't love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. Mm. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. May love be with you. My love be with you all in mm. Christ Jesus. Okay. So it's more personal. Yeah. And maybe just one more, which is um, 2 Thessalonians yeah. 3.17. Um, and it's particularly important there because in 2 Thessalonians 2, there were these people who were forging letters as from Paul. Yeah. So he says in 2 Thessalonians 3.17, the salutation of Paul with my own hand, yeah. which is a sign in every epistle, so I write. So apparently, he did it. He, whether he specifically says so or not, yeah. the last verse or two, he wrote in his own hand to validate the epistle, the grace of our Lord Jesus um, Christ. Do we have in all of the manuscripts um, that, uh, that wherever are, are stored or studied, uh, examples of, of fraudulent letters of Paul that are purported to come from Paul? Or is it just I'm we're inferring it from what he's just written? In yes, in 2 Thessalonians 2, he yep. says, um, verse 2, don't be so soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, letter. as if from us. Yeah, yeah. So, but not to my knowledge. No, no. okay, good, good. Not to my knowledge. Because there is the debate on, you know, the versions of the Bible and from which manuscripts they, they, yeah. they came from and, and the more modern versions coming from other manuscripts to the... Um, that, so that's the King a James Bible. It's a different issue. It is a different issue. Good. Oh. Letters were, no doubt there yeah. were those, but the early church would have recognized that good. and dealt with that. <laughs> good, 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 good. Won't go down that rabbit hole then. Probably <laughs> 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 destroyed. Um, so. so, yeah, he's um, in verse, so mm. from the actual conclusion then is from mm. verse 12 onwards, mm. where he's kind of wrapping things up and just to summarize, I think his emphasis is he's, he's contrasting the two ways. He's contrasting the two religions, if you like. One is an, the, the legalistic religion mm. is an emphasis on human achievement and externals, you know, keeping external rules and regulations, mm. uh, which, which was the form that the Judaizers were teaching, versus the, the religion of divine accomplishment, uh, of grace, uh, which it doesn't just ex ex talk about the externals, but really emphasizes the changed heart, the, mm. the internal motivations. And of course, the, the gospel of grace is based on the cross. Mm. 
and the cross is God's ultimate divine achievement. And basically, the cross cancels out all kind of the pride of man and all human see, accomplishment. I, I see a kind of flow, even from that's what appears to be extraneous about see what large letters I use. Um, it seems to flow into that um, those that could be um, falsely accusing Paul of being proud of his writings. So he's imme it flows immediately into, we're not trying to make a good impression here. I'm not writing this letter just to impress you. He's going right down again seriously into the issues and he's writing it in large letters, I assume, as, as you've already said, to emphasize yes. the points. Yeah. Because th this issue of pride is, is the key issue, because pride That's is right. us trying to establish our own righteousness. Yeah. And it's all about me and my performance. Yeah. Whereas the cross, that, and he was going to emphasize the cross, the cross basically says all of our good works are only deserving judgment mm. on the cross. Mm. And God's grace is everything. Yeah. You know? And so in, that, in, in, in one religion, it actually encourages pride, yeah. right? And in the other religion, it, it encourages humility mm. because we have to go through the cross and see our own efforts uh, yeah. for what they are. Yeah. And, and so- And he's specifically saying, you know, persecution. They're, they're, they're trying to avoid persecution, which is, um, is part of the message of the cross. But it's also, you know, self-preservation. People have, have sort of decided it's fear yeah, of let's, man. Let's, yeah, we don't want to be persecuted for not keeping to the law. Yeah. So they get everyone else to be implicated, as it were, on the keeping of the law. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, or anyone connected to them. He's, he's showing how they're a product of their own religion. Because yeah. they're being, first of all, because they're focused on the outward success yeah. and motive, you know, and the outward results of looking good, yeah. they, that means their motivations are selfish. They want to avoid the persecution yeah, and they want to, to look good. Yeah. And, and that's what he's going to talk about next too. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of saying, look, if you follow the wrong religion, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's not good for you. It, it just makes you proud and self-seeking. Mm -hmm. And then the, the irony of ironies that those, even those who are circumcised are not obeying the law anyway. So even though they're preaching, you know, adherence to the law, they're not, they're not keeping to it themselves. No, if because you've known you do it by the Holy Spirit. But I need, you know, Jesus calls these people whitewashed sepulchres. Yeah. It's exactly what they are. I mean, that's how he sees them for exactly what they are. All pretty on the outside and meaning. Real danger. Yeah. It's a danger for us all, isn't it? You it's know, a so danger to for Keep for, emphasising for, for everyone to it, keep to the law and then um, and not to... Yeah. Even if they think they keep the law, the problem is they've reduced the law to a set of external rules. Yeah. And of course, the real law is love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's right. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So it's not about whether you keep the Sabbath in all its details, but it's whether you, you're actually motivated by yeah. love. Yeah. And of course, they might think they keep the law to a degree, but actually yeah. they're violating the law, as Jesus pointed out, because on the inside there's hatred, there's covetousness, 
There's yeah. all these other things because the law can't sanctify you. The law can't make mm. you. Only the Spirit of God within you can change right. you. And so he says they, they actually they are lawbreakers in, mm. in the heart. You know? The heart is the key thing, isn't it? And that's why Paul says in Romans 2, circumcision of the heart by the Spirit and not by the written code. That's what matters. Yeah, it's, it's really important. Um, and it is really important not to cancel out that, that those important verses in chapter 6 of, of uh, Deuteronomy. I think it's chapter 6. You know, love the Lord your God with all yeah. thine heart. Yeah. You know, the fact that you've got whitewashed sepulchres doesn't take away from this law. No. That it has to be, you have to be right in your heart. It sometimes it helps it. To, to, to look at, I find, to look at that law, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, yeah. all your mind, and love your neighbours yourself. Yeah. It, it sometimes helps, and I hope this will help some of the viewers, to turn it on its head, because it sometimes seems such a tall order. We know we should, mm. but the reality of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, all your mind is a bit tricky. It's, you know, we fall short. But you see, the Lord in his, has given, by his grace has given us a way out. And if, especially if we take the point that um, Derek brought up, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, where he, 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 you emphasised Derek or brought out that very important point that it, Jesus in the New Testament adds this extra dimension to loving your neighbour as yourself, yeah. to loving your neighbour as God has loved them. Yeah. So, if you walk out this love, if you love your neighbour, which is firstly your Christian brethren and secondly your neighbours in, 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 in the wider sense of the word, if you love them unconditionally as God has loved you, then you are, by default, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Because mm. you're walking out that law of love which he has given you. And sometimes it's easier to conceptualise that than it is to, what does it mean, Lord, to love you with all my heart, soul, yeah. and my mind? It, it's difficult. But if you do this, you won't fall short. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's just mm. making it easier to understand. Yeah. I hope I didn't waffle. No, 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 it's good. Well, I, I'm always waffling. <laughs> So, you know, you're forgiven in this show. No, um, I, I'm trying to get, I, I, I revere those verses in, um, and not in a legalistic way, but just in a practical way in Deuteronomy 6, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Yeah. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, if I'm right. Yes. And then, and then he, he says you should, you should um, and then he repeats that, that he said, that the commands I give you this day should be upon your heart. So he said hearts again. But then, as a sort of outward expression of what's in your heart, he says, put them as frontlets uh, on, you know, between, yeah. uh, uh, you know, on your forehead. Tie them around your your arms, and and we think, oh well, that's very legalistic. But uh, impress it upon your children. Write it on your gateposts. You know. And so that really throughout the day, when you're sitting down, when you're walking on the yeah. way, you know, when you lie down at night, you know, when you rise up, it, it, they are ever before That's you. That's right. Um, that can still be an expression of the heart. Of course, doing all of that, yeah, of it course. doesn't. It doesn't need to be a surface thing. It can yeah. actually be. Well, in my heart, I want to live this out throughout yeah. the day. 
But at a practical level, Jesus made very clear, if you visit a prisoner in jail, you're visiting him. Yes. Whoever you help, you're helping him. Yes. Paul, Paul, or rather Saul, Saul, why do you persecute yeah. me? Yeah. You know, so the Lord identifies so closely with each of us yeah. that by loving one another, we're loving him. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's good. The, the, the thing is, what legalism tends to do is reduce the law, if you like, or the requirement of God to rituals, the outward. Because mm. man looks on the outward appearance. Mm. God looks at the heart. Mm. So when the heart's right, it will produce the outward yeah. results. But the tendency is, well, I can, let's reduce this to a list of outward rules that I can keep. That's right. And, and make everyone can feel see. Good. And, everyone and can that see. way you can kind of persuade yourself that you can establish your own righteousness. Yeah. But if you actually look at the heart, you realize, yeah. I can't make myself righteous. Only the grace of God, only the Spirit yeah. of God can yeah. do that. Yeah. But, um, it, but, but equally, someone, I'm just thinking of someone who wants to faithfully fulfill a command. You know, this is my command that you should do this. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing it for outward appearance. There, there, there can be examples of people who are um, outwardly um, sort of sneered at for, for having outward symbols of their, you know, fulfillment of the frontlets and the, but, but it might actually be a complete expression of their personal yes, walk with the Lord. And they may, and the proof of course would be if they were in a cave for 20 years, they'd keep it up as it were, not for outward yeah. appearance, they're on their own. Yes. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I mean, that's the most telling time, is it not when, you know, you got Elijah by the brook Cherith and he's remaining faithful. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, I think it helps to no, read. I'm just throwing this in to, yeah, to widen right. and de deepen. Yeah. yeah. If you read verse 12 and 13 together, yeah. it's kind of like Paul's summary of the, the legalistic religion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That he's obviously against. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he says, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, mm -hmm. in other words, the, the what, he is saying these, they represent this, is all about man, man's achievement. Yeah. Me looking good because I'm keeping all these That's right. requirements. That's the focus. These would compel you to be circumcised only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. So that's yeah. one reason is that if they were to preach the cross, because they obviously believe Jesus is the Messiah, but they don't preach the cross. Yeah because they know in their Jewish community that would bring persecution on them mm -hmm. because the Jewish community, sadly, um, is under the law of Moses mm -hmm. and for them, they they trying to establish their own righteousness by their law keeping. Yeah. So if you preach the cross that basically says all of your efforts are just yeah. worth judgment, yeah. that would bring persecution on you. Yeah. So he's saying they, are, they, they want to look good to their compatriots. Yeah. They want to keep their reputation. Mm -hmm. So they want to avoid persecution. Yeah. And then, so in other words, there's self-interest there. Mm. Then, then four, not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Okay. Yeah. In other words, even if you are a good outward performer, mm. you, like even Paul said, I kept the law perfectly outwardly. Mm. But... He admitted he had covetousness in his heart. He actually broke the law because he was doing it for selfish reasons yeah. to make himself look good yeah. and respectable 
among his peers. And, but they desire you, you. To, to have you circumcised. Yeah. So they can they boast, may boast in what you. In what you. Know, you. They want to be able to say, forgive me for being yeah. a bit, um, you know, Flippin but he'd, he'd like to say, oh, look, we've got 400 foreskins from Galatia. Right. Aren't we awesome? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what <laughs> they, it, that's, they, I, I was thinking, how they could they actually... want to boast in your flesh, you see. How yeah. could they... You know, it seems like quite a sort of private thing. Yeah. Uh, how could they boast it, you know, in it? And maybe that's, that's it. Or I've, I've, I've saved... So, I have had so many signed up commitments for Christ. It's an outward thing. And, I, you know, and again, look at what I've achieved in my church. It's all to do with motivation. Yeah. So you've got to be careful as a... Yeah. You know, oh well, a thousand people came forward at the altar call, when well, yeah, maybe two hundred exactly. people did. And then, what? Why are you saying that? Is it to give glory to God? If it is, I great. Know, but know. is it maybe to make your own I self know. look good that you are glorying in their flesh, as it were, in their uh, in in their response? It's, exactly. So, I've been saying, I'm quite honest. I'm quite uneasy when when folk ask me to. You know, I, or I, if I'm at a conference and do two or three days uh, evening meetings and then, oh, you know, you really must do an appeal, you know, and you really must, you know, bring people forward. And, and I sometimes feel sort of press ganged into it, but I'm not comfortable with because I feel that it, it's Holy Spirit inspired scripture. It's anointed by the Holy Spirit what you preach. It, it should be received spiritually. So why do you need to? you know, try, you know, as it were, notch up. And, and they, I'm afraid they always do number. Oh, isn't it wonderful? You know, so many came forward. It doesn't actually it's count all, for that much. It's all to do with the motivation. It is all to do uh, with the motivation. So God might lead you that way, but you shouldn't do it for the reason, that, as yeah. you say, yeah. to look good, that I can report so such and such happened. Yeah. Um, but it's so. What and I think what he's saying here and is. And I, I, I know I'm a little bit cynical, but I, you know, I, then I hear it from others who say, you know, oh, you know, so many, you know, gave their hearts to the Lord and became Christians, you know, in the tens or sometimes up to hundred. And then I say, well, hope they're all behaving themselves now. <laughs> you know, in, uh, and actually, also, they don't really care about each of those individuals; they just care about the number. And if you were to ask them, how are they doing a year later? How are each of these ones um, doing individually in their walk with the Lord? They'll look at you blank. Because the point isn't that at all. It's that I get my numbers on my statistics. And this is human nature, all right? This is, we would all. Sorry to sound a little bit cynical. We're all, I, I, we're, we're all susceptible to that. We are. You know what I mean? And, and you um, can have false humility as well, you know, and, and underplay it and make a virtue out of, you know rubbish preaching <laughs> that doesn't actually... But he, it's in our flesh, okay, this pride and yeah, so on. That's right. So what Paul, I think, is saying here is, look, this man-made religion mm. of, of you establishing, this living under the law in that respect, what it, ha what it does is, although it might make you performance-orientated mm. in keeping these rules, it's also activating the sin nature in your flesh mm. And while you are do establishing your own righteousness, it's actually making you self-orientated. Mm. Your, your focus is on yourself and your performance, and it's making you selfish. And he's saying that their motivations is just to look good. Yeah. So everyone is praising them, and also they're protecting themselves from persecution yeah. by yeah. 
by not preaching anything that's going to cause their peers to come yeah. against them. And so the law might seem to be a good way of living a respectable life, but it actually makes you selfish on the inside mm. because it activates your sin nature. Mm. But so if, on the other hand, you live under grace, mm. then you're, you're not boasting in yourself. You're happy to leave the results with God and you, you, want, you give God all the glory anyway. Mm. It sets so, you free from all of that. Good. So, John, if you, if, you, if you were Paul and you just had a few lines that you could add to the whole of Galatians, <laughs> um, would these be the lines, as it were? <laughs> I um, wouldn't presume to answer that question. <laughs> but, um, okay, so looking back on our study, and I know we'll probably next week have a, a proper summary of, yeah. of all of our 40-odd Bible studies on, on Galatians, but these few words do quite succinctly make the point that he's yes. been making throughout yes. the book. He's, ma he's made it all th throughout the book. And, he yeah. just, it, it, and, and of course, he picks it up in verse 14, which we haven't looked at in any detail. Yeah. When he's, Paul says he boasts in nothing except Christ crucified. Yeah. And, and that's the key. There can, there can be no boast. You know, it, it's quite informative to, to look at the apostles and to look at these, this ragtag and bobtail of men which the Lord pulled together. Oh, yeah. um, who, you know, of course, Peter's the great example, big mouth Peter, all the way through the gospel, we see him putting his foot in his mouth yeah. all the time. Um, and, and the others ask crass questions of the Lord. We, we recognize yeah. they're crass, yeah. but they didn't necessarily then. Yeah. And then, we have the, the, the crucifixion, and then we have Pentecost, and suddenly they're changed. Yeah. And the only way they were changed, but not because they decided to, to settle down and read the Old Testament or the, the, the Torah and start obeying it, yeah. it's because Christ, the Holy Spirit mm. rather, empowered them to do so. Mm. And, and so it's, that's the example that, mm. that you know, we need to remember what happened there. And the Lord, yes, they had particular calling on their lives and a particular ministry, and they were equipped for it. And very few of us have that type of ministry. But the Lord will equip us for whatever it is, mm. and, and he will do it. What he, he's no respecter. What he did for them, he'll do for us according to the calling on our lives. So mm. it is Christ and him crucified only. It's nothing outward that we can do to impress or to persuade. It's powerful, isn't it? I mean, there's, it's like a super tanker of, of religion. And Paul is, is just impressing time and time again that yeah. that is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And he's trying to, to turn it round or whatever, mm. or sink it. You know, the, the, it's, 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 it would be understandable if they reverted, you know, these ragtag and bobtail. Yeah. Then sort of started doffing their caps to those who had more experience in how to practice religion. And it would, we would have lost the gospel. Yeah. We would have lost the Christian life anyway. Mm. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah, yeah. So when he, in verse 12 and 13, he's presented the as yeah. it were, man-made religion, mm, mm. human accomplishment. Yeah. Now in verse 14, he's mm. presenting the religion of grace, if you like, yeah. of divine accomplishment. Mm. And, the, and the difference is that instead of kind of boasting in yourself and your own law-keeping and your achievements, in, in, in the religion of grace, we boast in God's accomplishment, mm. and, and in particular, the cross. Mm. And not only God's accomplishment, it, it's, um, which it is, 
um, in, in 1 Corinthians, it said God actually chose the weak things of this world. And the, the cross was, what, you know, as far as world perceptions go, or, or you know, in the time of the Romans, it, it wasn't anything that impressive, was it? It was a place of punishment, you know, and of, of humiliation. It, it was something that looked very weak, pathetic, and ended someone's life. And then it says in 1 Corinthians, God chose that, as it were, um, to shame the wise. Uh, um, and he actually uses the term at the end of chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, so that no one can boast, if I remember. He chose the lowly things of this world to nullify the things that are so that no one can boast, which is exactly what we have here in Galatians. No flesh can boast in yeah. the presence of God. Yeah chose the one thing he didn't choose anything powerful that we could then attach ourselves to or, or a place that we could attach ourselves to is something that was just so counter or contrary to the the thinking of the day that no one spoke about it and he's putting it in the center uh, of the stage and saying this is how you're saved mm. through the cross yes forbid it lord this is where we get that the line from from that hymn yeah God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. So, mm. what is it? Yeah. Um, for for were the whole realm of nature mine. So, it's in that one, isn't it? Yes. Forbid it, Lord, that yeah. I should boast. Save, Save in, the, in cross. the cross of Christ, Christ my, my Lord. Lord. Yeah. All the, All the things that charm, that charm me, me most, most I, sacrifice I sacrifice them to his blood, yeah. including my pride. Yeah, well, I know. You, you I didn't want to recite it better than you. I wanted you to. Well, you are the great reciter. <laughs> but I, but that, uh, it, well, how does that one start? Um, um, it, it is when I survey. Yes, when I survey the wondrous cross, cross, isn't it? Yeah, yeah which yeah. is all about the cross. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It is. You know, you think about the, f the, f the foolishness of the cross, you know, the, 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 the lowest form, if yeah. you like, of execution, of humiliation and everything. And the Lord's hanging there and he, and he says... Come, hang here with me. Yeah, that's that. Now, only you know, no no man of the world is ever going to do not that. Normal, is it? <laughs> no, yeah. he's going to say, not not on your Nelly. Am I going to hang there with you? Yeah. What are my mates going to think? Yeah. You know, wisdom are going to do nothing for me down at the yeah. down at the lodge. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> But but here, that by by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we can say, yes, Lord, I'm going to mm. hang there with you. Mm. Mm. It's just awesome. And far from being humiliation, it's exaltation. Yeah. It's, it's almost, well, not almost, it probably is, not even probably, it certainly is the one thing that could demonstrate that it's all of God. Yes. And not of us. It Absolutely. That, that his son, that he was, his son would die on a cross. Yeah. Us. You, you couldn't make that one up. No. It's not part of a normal sequence of, you know, of steps towards salvation. It's, it's all of God. He's describing the true faith here because he's mm. saying that the true faith is based on the cross. Yeah. Right? There's nothing else to boast in. In other words, tr the true faith is you must embrace that cross mm. You've got, and all that it means. Mm. In other words, you cannot save yourself. Yeah that you have to accept Christ as your saviour. And, and it's interesting, he also says, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, in other words, the true faith is that you boast in the cross, you embrace the cross mm. as, as your reality and what Christ has done for you. And when you do that, and you accept him as your Lord, Jesus Christ, you know, um, 
he become, you, you're saved because now he's, it says our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not just Jesus, he's, he's my Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I am in union with him now. He belongs to me, I belong to him. And he's saying through the cross, it's through embracing the cross that he becomes ours, mm. uh, our saviour, mm. our Lord. And, and that is true salvation, is, is what he's saying is. that In other words, the cross is the door into salvation. It's the door into the kingdom of God. Mm. And, and we have to lay aside our own good works, uh, sorry, our, our, our own works, our own self-effort, our own pride, mm. and, and embrace the cross. Mm. And then we enter through the door and he becomes my Lord Jesus Christ. He it's, becomes my son. Um, yeah, go on, John. No, and I said, just to amplify that point, and so the cross is the narrow way. This is the way that is so difficult for most people to enter by. You know, mm. we, we torture ourselves. I've had torturous sermons about, you know, the narrow way and the broad way yeah. and a camel's eye, the needle and all that. It's the cross. Mm. That's what it's talking about. And it was going to become clear in time. That's why we, we have to really read the Gospels with a knowledge of the cross, not be caught short when suddenly Jesus goes to the cross because the cross makes sense of so much of what he said. Um, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount, you can only really make sense of it because, as Martin Lloyd-Jones said, who can get to the end of chapter 7 of Matthew and not feel utterly wretched? Yes. Um, because exactly. if you think you've got to fill full all, all those, you're done for. Yeah. But once you superimpose the cross on, on top of, um, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, all makes sense and you breathe a great sigh of relief and say, thank you, Lord. See, people have to, it's, it's a, a paradigm shift or it's a shift in thinking for people to see the cross in these terms because I'm sure some would be thinking oh we got to carry our cross you know so we've got to have yeah. some kind of outward burden that we're carrying yeah. you know oh, and isn't that what they do on you know Easter in Jerusalem they all carry a you know yeah, a cross that and that isn't it is. uh, take up your cross and follow me is it no that's a that what Peter is saying. He's talking about the finished work of Christ. Yes. Yeah. On the cross. But I mean, the Lord did say to Peter prior to going to the cross, when, the, when Peter said, you, no, Lord, you can't go to the cross. He, he said, well, everyone's, you, you know, you've got, you cannot be my disciple unless you take up your cross. Yeah, but he's not talking about that here. No, he's not. Yeah, Good. No, he's okay. Not. Yeah. Well, it's important to clarify it because yeah. some people will, will only be thinking of that type yeah. of um, taking yeah. up of because the cross. the cross kills your self-righteousness yeah. the yeah. cross says you're a sinner yeah but on the cross he did a completed work mm. jesus took all our sin mm. and in exchange he gave he gave us his righteousness yeah. and so to enter into eternal life you have to embrace the cross which which basically means accept that i'm a sinner and accept his great exchange mm. and then when i accept him as my righteousness I, I enter into yeah. the kingdom of yeah. God. Yeah. And so now, without the cross, I'm nothing. Mm. But with the cross, I, I have the righteousness of God. That's right. And I am in the kingdom of God. And it all, you have to go through the cross, as John said. Yeah. You have to go through that narrow gate. Yeah. Um, I do see a little, though, in when, when he said, get thee behind me, Satan, in, in chapter 16 of Matthew, that there, there's a little bit of, of Satan in the flesh. There's a, li uh, only you know, a little, bit. only a little, but I mean, that's, um, you're saying it's not applicable here, but I think there is a kind of overlap in, in that, in that 
um, Peter um, in saying to, uh, let's try and get my words in the right order, in saying to the Lord, Lord, you cannot go to the cross. Um, and, and then the Lord said, what you're saying is not of, of God. It is basically of the flesh and within the flesh, mm -hmm. not, not a little bit of Satan. Um, because of course, Satan didn't want the Lord to die for the sins of the world and, and you know, defeat uh, you know, death and Satan and Hades. But he also didn't want us to live the Christian life. No. So for, for all those reasons, no, Lord, you can't go, you can't go to the cross. But, um, but Peter was saying that in the flesh. Uh, so uh, therefore, it was a kind of, um, you know, there, there's an overlap of the flesh that we were speaking about a couple of weeks ago. Sowing in the flesh. Yeah. So you've got to put the flesh, as it were, on the cross. You've got to mm. yeah, get that sorted out. But it gives you a whole new perspective. And Paul brings that up. He says, you know, I boast only in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, but whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Mm. Yeah. How it just changes your yeah. whole outlook. Yeah. Once you identify with the finished work of Christ. If you don't identify with the finished work, if you think you've still got to do something to earn your salvation, this situation won't apply. Yeah. It's only once you have that revelation, and that revelation is not for the privileged few, that revelation is for everyone who seeks it. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the work on the cross is a finished and complete work. It's left nothing undone, it's left no stone unturned, no door half ajar, it is a finished work, and we embrace that. And then once you embrace it, you, the, the scales literally start falling from your eyes. They fall every day as you see something else. Mm. There's nothing in the world that can save you, nothing that can really impress you. Um, it's just wonderful. Okay, so, so we're going on to, the, I think we're going on to the next verse 15, and he basically oh, says that... I? No, really? Yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah, no, absolutely. No, no, we've got, we've got at least 10 minutes left. Well, he is saying that the cross changes your relationship to the world. Yeah. Yes. Because, again, he was saying that if you are driven by performance and, you know, looking good to the world, that's how he described mm. the legalists. Mm. Uh, he says, but if you've embraced the cross now... You're, you're not looking to please everyone in the world. Mm. In fact, he says that when you embrace the cross, the world is crucified to me and I to the world, yeah. which on a simple level simply means I'm, I'm separated from the world. Mm. I, I live to please God now. Yeah. I don't live to please the world, which means I don't have to have the approval of my peers mm. and I'm willing to suffer persecution. What really matters to me now is not what the world says. Mm. It's the approval of God. And these two phrases is interesting. He says, the world has been crucified to me. Mm. So now we look at the world differently. Instead of the world being this, this you know, place that I need to impress, the world has been crucified. So In other words, God's nullified. judgment on the world system is crucifixion. In other words, it's under the judgment of God. So I mustn't be so enamored of this world yeah. because actually God's verdict on this world is, is crucifixion. Mm. So therefore, I don't look to the world for my value system. Mm. I don't look to the world for approval um, because it's been crucified. It's, it's been I mean, it's under the judgment of the poetic, world. isn't it? I mean, that the devil thought that he was 
crushing the Lord, you know, on the cross. And the Lord was crushing everything of Satan, yes. you know, and the world and all of these things yeah. of the world are crucified. And that sets me free from the world once I begin to realize, actually, God's verdict on the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not to be under the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then he puts it the other way around too, which is interesting. Yeah. He says, and I to the world. Yeah. So if you imagine being a crucified criminal, all right? Before you were in the world, you wanted to steal money, you wanted all the things the world could offer you, but now you're crucified on a cross. Now the world has nothing for you. You are headed somewhere else. And and now somehow the world doesn't have that same appeal to you or hold on you because you are still alive. You're crucified, right? You are alive, so you are aware of the world and, okay, and we, can, we are still that's, tempted by the world, let's be honest. That's quite a good way to put it. We're, we're still alive, but we're crucified. We're tempted yeah. to the things of the world, but our relationship to the world has fundamentally changed. Yeah. Yeah. The world, we realize we're, we're headed for a different destination. Mm. The world isn't the ultimate thing. Yeah. Um, it might speak to us, but basically our future, we understand, is not in this world. Yeah. So, uh, may I uh, thank you for well, Jeremiah pick, Je- Jeremiah <coughs> refers to the same similar sort of thing. In Jeremiah 9, um, verses 23 to 24, it says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. I love mm. these words. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, mm. that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. Wow. And mm. that's what he did at the cross. Yes. Yeah. For, thee, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. To know him. To know him. Mm. And, and this judgment on the earth, because of course ultimately we're human beings, we're yeah. destined for the earth, for the new earth. We're designed to live on earth. And I was thinking the other day, I don't know whether you've you, you probably all seen that. I saw it in a video, which I can't remember the name of, but it was marvellous. But that picture of when one of the spacecraft was heading, going on, 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 on to the edges of wherever it was going. And just before it um, ra- went out of radio contact, they told us to turn around and take a photograph. Do you know, this is the blue planet. Do you have mm. seen that photograph? No. Mm. Oh, it's absolutely awesome. I think you and I talked about it yeah, we a, a bit on, on yeah. when we were on um, our morning recently, yeah, yeah. our mornings. Um, but you, essentially you get this photograph of millions and millions and millions of stars, That's millions right. of them, That's uncountable. Right. And then in the middle, actually it's not in the middle, but it's down, you know, slightly yeah. off centre, is this star, this planet, which is demonstrably different. That's right. It's the blue planet. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. you think... My goodness. Know. You know, so we come back to Genesis 1 again. In the beginning, God created the heavens. Yeah, mm. Exactly. They're wonderful. Exactly. Then he created the earth. Mm. And the earth is special. Mm. There's no doubt about it. It's yeah. special. It's where he then, it's where he, you know, he, well, it's just worked out he, history. Yes. And, and where he placed man whom he created in his image. his image, in their image. He mm. created us with the image of Christ, which of course is what we're being restored to, that we will be conformed to his image, as it says in, in the image of his son. It mm. says in Romans 8, 29, yeah. I yeah. think it is. So we're being, re- being restored to that. But 
at the resurrection, we're going to get a new heavens and a new earth. Yes. The earth is groaning, mm. it's going to be reborn, it's, yes. it's going to be like it was in Eve. In fact, I read somewhere that Adam and Eve are the only two people who are not going to be surprised by the new earth. Mm. Yeah. All the rest of us are because we haven't seen how gorgeous mm. and glorious mm. and wonderful it's going to be. And we're going to live here mm. forever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and ruling it and reigning with the Lord Jesus. It's just going to be absolutely awesome. And, it, and it, heaven and earth will be, you know, you, you flip between one and the other, I think. There, there won't be these sort of differences. But effectively, this is, this is our home on the new earth. Yeah. Wonderful. It's a wonderful thought. And, and you know, putting it, all of these billions and trillions of stars. And yes billions of galaxies and we've just got our Milky Way that we see there out in the distance. I know. All, all there in balance, a mathematician would tell yes. us, to oh. enable the Goldilocks planet mm. or, yes. or the blue-haired planet. The whole planet lot is going to, to be reborn, not just the Yeah, Earth. I know. The yeah. whole creation. I mean, it's a violent place yeah. out there, mm. you know, with explosions and Collisions, yeah, goodness knows right. what else. It'll right. all be reborn yeah, yeah. And, and into what God wanted it to be. And we're at the very centre of it. And God is going to dwell here with us. He'll dwell on earth with us. The new Jerusalem will come down. He'll dwell with us. And presumably, this is a gross presumption, we will then manage this vast yeah. creation on his behalf. Yeah. So there may be other planets. So there may be other forms of life. I don't know. Mm. But we are special. No doubt in, about in it. What, in what he created, and yeah. certainly his revelation is that exactly as you've said, yeah. he's created this ex very special, using the definite article, not an earth. Yes. He didn't create the heavens and many earths. No. It was the earth. And, and then within this tiny speck, on, you know, which seems totally insignificant, he's created life. Yeah. And then within that, he's breathed his spirit. Mm. Just. And then, and then, as he's brought us to a relationship with him, it, it's it's pretty earth-shattering. Yes. So, in terms of that revealed future, what does this earth matter? You know, mm. wonder Paul says, "I it's been crucified, yeah. mm. and I to it to yeah. me, and I to it." Yeah. Um, it's like Jesus said, "When when when you accept the cross, we are in the world, but we're not of it." Yeah. John seventeen. In other words, we're still in this world but we are not of it. That's right. And that means w because we are of the kingdom of God. Mm. Yes. And, and our focus is, is elsewhere. Yeah. We're living in the world, we've got a mission in the world, but we're not of the world. I do love Psalm 19. I know we're in a few weeks we're going to be in the Psalms, but, um, or maybe less than a few weeks, but Psalm 19, you know, the heavens declare the, the glory. glory. They're the shouting yes. out God's glory. And then the second half of the psalm is the law of the Lord is perfect. Yes. You know, it is. It's, it's immutable. It's, it's part of his creation, his, his law, his perfection, and it's your framework of, of morality. You, that's right. And when you realize the gospel story is in the stars, in and the then, skies, in the mm. constellations, and how the devil hijacked that yeah. for his own moral purposes. Yeah. But it's all there. And then it? the third element of that Psalm 19 is right at the end, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my yeah. heart. So it yes. comes right down to the personal, um, even after seeing the grandeur of, of his creation. Are we going to... Um, I, I was thinking that just in our last few minutes, we, we would try and cover our verses here so that next week we can do a kind of summary of the whole of Galatians. But I certainly don't want someone writing in and saying, look, I've raced, I've truncated the end of the 40 
hours of study on Galatians. So uh, shall we have a look at verse 15? Um, what he's saying. I mean, it's mm. just in the context of what he's written before, but that basically they don't mean anything alongside, as it says, um, the new creation. Mm. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Yeah. And he's he's really talking about salvation by grace. Because mm. If you're a new creation, or we say the new birth, mm. you can't take any cre credit of your own works. You know, yeah. if somebody created you, yeah. you're a new creation mm. through the cross, through accepting Jesus. You can't say, well, I did that myself. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take credit for your birth. Mm. You know, and so this is a reference, really. He's saying, look, circumcision, uncircumcision, doing these works, that doesn't avail anything. Yeah. The only thing that matters really is whether you've allowed God to, you know, yeah. you've received the, the grace of God that yeah. makes you a brand new person on the inside. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Is there anything to add, John? I don't, I don't think we should go to no, the Israel no. of God in no, the last two minutes. But um, it, I'd be very interested just in preparation for, for next week is, is putting that into the context of the whole of Galatians. Yeah whether it's even to the Israel of God or as <coughs> to the Israel of God. There's a little trailer there. We, we've got a minute or so, so we, just try and... Uh, we didn't give credit to the no, in please. Christ Jesus. Yes, please so do. The yeah. key is, how, how do you have the new creation? Mm. It's not through your works. It's not by getting circumcised. Yeah. It's by being in Christ Jesus. Mm. In other words, it's by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Mm. Then God does a miracle for you. It are called the new creation. Mm. He puts you into Christ Jesus. He baptizes you into Christ. And the moment he baptizes you into Christ, everything he did for you on the cross is put to your account. Mm. And you become the justified by faith. You become a new creation. You become born again. Mm. And it's all the grace of God. And he says, that's what matters. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So what is it? Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the cross of Christ my Lord. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to your cross. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. In other words, whatever we are can offer, even from the whole of nature, isn't enough right. for our salvation. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all, and we'll see you next week. Mm.